0: This Torah class is brought to you by torahanytime dot com so Purim is one of the most mature
1: one of the biggest signs of the maturity of the Jewish people because a sign of maturity is the is the ability to laugh at yourself, and Purim is an experience of the Jewish people really laughing at themselves, really being able to make fun of themselves. And, you know, really, anything goes on Purim in such a strange way. You know, if you think about who, if you ask the people in the world, who would be the most serious people in the whole world? Like, who would be the most um, formal, most conventional, most serious Everyone would say like the, the, that we would be them. We would be the most serious people, and in fact, we're actually the funnest people around. You just got to catch us on Purim. you know. You just got to show up on Purim. I worked at Asia Torah for twenty nine years, and what happened was we had this constant group of people coming at all times. There were there were people constantly coming to Asia Torah. and and they depending what time of year they came was kind of their experience. So let's say they had ten days. But a lot of people came, you know, they thought, oh, we'll do the summer in Israel. So they came for the 10 days of the destruction of the temple, meaning during the three weeks. Or they would come during the nine days and people aren't even like, you know, they, they, people, like, people smell, you know, they're not even showering. And, or they would come during the high holidays. And once in a while, people came during, during Purim. And that was the time they came. They didn't know what Purim was. And they showed up at Purim, but I can tell you that we had a much higher retention rate for people who came on Purim. People who came to party on Purim—they saw the party going on, and they were like, "Wow!" You know, and they and they were like instantly bali chuva just from seeing the parties going on. Like they they just thought that's what we're doing here in Israel is we're just having the having the time of our lives in every yeshiva there will be skits they'll be making fun of all the rabbis there will be parodies of of the different rabbis um there's also um the commandment to get to get intoxicated which is which is also uh, a you know that's that's a pretty strange commandment that we're supposed to be intoxicated and you would think like if 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 Judaism says that a Jew should be intoxicated on Purim. You would think maybe like a couple drinks. But in fact, um we have a we have an amount you're supposed to drink, which is the amount that you can no longer tell the difference between the villain and the hero. Meaning between cursed is Haman and Borg is Mordechai. So that I mean that doesn't make any sense because Think about it, everybody. How much would you have to drink? How much would you have to drink to long, no longer be able to tell the difference between good and evil? Now, right now, by the way, I'm just doing an outer experience of you know, meaning just an outer expression of Purim, and then we'll start going deeper. How that, that's an extreme amount of alcohol, extreme amount of alcohol to not be able to tell the difference between good and evil. It's an an extreme amount of drinking. And, like, are we really supposed to be that drunk? That we can't tell the difference between? I personally, I think I would throw up before I wouldn't know the difference between good and evil. So, you know, so is that really what it's all about? Is that are we really supposed to be that drunk? Is that the is that the the amount prescribed that we have to drink that much that we that we can't tell the difference between Haman and Mordechai that 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 we're supposed to be that drunk and and now obviously some people believe a hundred percent that we're supposed to be that drunk and but it must be telling us a greater secret. There's a greater secret, and there's something that gets achieved when we leave our mind, when we leave our mind based based approach to life. And it seems on this day, which has to take place on a weekday, meaning if it falls out on Shabbos, we move the whole, you know, the whole holiness of the day of that that special special party. We move it to a weekday. So if it falls, it can only fall on Shabbos in Israel. And we're now, it goes in 13-year cycles. And we're now in those 13-year cycles, which is kind of exciting. So we just started them. Um, it's not on Shabbos yet. It'll be like alternating between Wednesday morning. And the meal will be between Wednesday morning. And and then there will be other years that will be on Shabbos. And, which means in Jerusalem, we have a three-day Purim, Purim all the mitzvahs of Purim get stretched out over three days, but we specifically move it that it can't be on a holy day. The holiest day of the year, Purim, cannot be on a holy day, and we'll get into that a little bit as well. Why it has to be on a weekday. The also there's different rules on Purim. Like normally, if if you destroy somebody's house, um, you are obligated in repairing it, um, or at least financially on Purim. If you go to a Purim party and you wind up trash in the place, you are, you are putter from uh, a You don't have to pay any money, which is like, what happened to Jewish law? There's no Jewish law on this day. And, uh, you can, you can just go get smashed and <laughs> destroy somebody's dining room. You know, the, the, uh, but you're actually the off the hook for such behavior. Um, another thing is you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to, to, uh, uh, what's the right word, um, investigate the worthiness of someone collecting Sadaka. You have to just give them, yeah, anyone who puts out their hand, you just got to give them the money, just give them the money. And you have to get your money ready, by the way, because you can't say no to anybody. And what is that all about? What's, what's, why do we have to do that? And so. It just keeps going, Yaakov. You want to say something? Yeah, you can. You can unmute. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, you're not allowed to say no.
1: <laughs> so I've got a shocking uh thing to tell you, Yaakov. Um, you're you're actually not allowed to say no any time of the year. Um, what, there, what if we can't have, afford it? So then you give a shekel, or you give a, a twenty-five cents. The um, a lot of people don't know this, but you have a positive commandment to give according to your ability Uh, it's got a max of 20 percent a minimum of 10 percent for most people's income and the um but you also sadaka has a negative commandment that most people don't know exists which is you shall not hold back from giving um and and a lot of people don't realize you're not allowed to say no so so that's why like if you're in shul and you're just you know, people are coming by raise, c- collecting tzedakah. Yeah, you can go like that, you know, and they can think whatever that means, you know. They most likely will keep walking. But meanwhile, you could have some money in your pocket, but you're not allowed to, like, withhold tzedakah. Um, You do have the ability to ask whether or not they're worthy of it, meaning whether you would deem them as proper recipients, except on Purim. On purim you just have to give no matter what. Okay. Thank you. The interesting question is kids. Um, do you have to give kids tzedakah? Um, I don't think, when the kids are asking for Hanuk- for Purim Gelt, um, I don't think you have to give them. I think it has to be specifically tzedakah.
0: Um, as opposed to just the kids going wild. Um, the And then
1: there's obviously giving gifts to one another. But but the gifts that you give to one another there is a there is an union to give gifts to people who you don't like very much or don't like you <laughs> which is a little strange but but it's also I meaning of course we give to all kinds of people and we're giving to our neighbors or we're giving to people in shul and stuff but there's also you got to make sure you're giving to someone that um doesn't like you anymore or you don't like them. Now, don't do it that it's going to, meaning don't mess up things up worse. But there is something about about um, letting it go, like letting it go. So let's look at all of this together. We're going to drink. We're going to let our, let's talk about all the mitzvahs. We're going to drink. We're going to let our minds go. We're going to let our money go. We're going to let our our issues go with certain people we don't get along with. Um we are going to read a book called Megillat Esther, which means the revelation of the hidden. Megillah means to reveal and Esther means the hidden. So we read a book called the revelation of the hidden, which is, which is also very interesting because the, because the, what appears to be going on in the outside is not actually what's going on, which is also a fascinating, fascinating addition to all of this. And, and, um, I'm missing a mitzvah. We have the the drunken festival, we have the gifts to the poor, we have the um gifts to one's friends. We have the Megillah. Yeah, the the Suda I think is the drunken festival. <laughs> um it might be the Suda. I feel like there's a fifth I think what you got it
2: all. I got it there's
1: all, all. There's only four. No, it's Guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Matanot is is that you have to find someone absolutely destitute which is a which is not easy you know to find someone like that so you know it's like you know and and it's not so simple because other people are looking too and if they start giving him money and he starts getting more and more he's no longer destitute so now you're stuck so you gotta like find a guy who's destitute and don't let anyone know just kidding (laughs) that was a joke the um you 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 have to find someone who's really, really broke. So a good way to find someone who's really broke is a Torah scholar with lots of kids whose wife isn't making a bunch of money. So I, I don't know how many people you know like that. But they're, but there's just no way that they're going to be able... Oh, and they should be in the time of marrying off kids. So you've got a Torah scholar, uh, like, you know, lots of kids, 8, 10, 12 kids, and, um, and his wife's not making a bunch of dinero, you know... So, so there you got your Evion right there because there's no way he can afford his life. He's he must be looking for help, you know, outside, and um, and that's who we uh, <laughs> that's what, one of the types we're looking for. Um, and you have to give uh, one, uh, two gifts to two destitute people. Now, uh, just one more thing that's important that a lot of people miss, and it's not essential. You can give it with a messenger, but you should be looking at the poor guy in the eyes and saying, that's me. That's, that's me. I'm the poor guy. I'm the poor guy. We're the same guy. I'm not meaning meaning uh, uh the, the way I like to look at it is if uh, if a really poor guy wound up in Beverly Hills and he wants to go to the mansions in Beverly Hills. How long do you think it would get him to walk across the hundred yards of lawn? to get to the front door of the mansion before the Beverly Hills police would just like, just as he gets to the doorbell, he's about to press the doorbell. The Beverly Hills cops just like put their hand like right in front of the doorbell. And they're like, "Uh, we're going to drop you off at another neighborhood, sir. You know, like no one wants to see those guys. It makes rich people so uncomfortable. To deal with wealthy to deal with poverty. Wealthy people don't like dealing with poverty because so many of the wealthy people in the world became wealthy because of their fear of poverty, meaning, meaning all their wealth mongering was a survival strategy for for being poor. And they can't look at poor people. It's really hard for them. And and our our job on Purim is to party with the impoverished party with the people who, who don't have any money. We're, those are our brothers, and we're going to look them right in the eye and hand them hand them some money and say, "Say you're me, and I am you, and we're all one, and we're we're uh, we're united people." As my brother says in his Shabbat song, he says, "Come Friday Eve, the beggar and the billionaire will each have a place by the same candlelight. Who would believe?" The families everywhere would sing all the songs that would last through the
3: night. They're taking the time to appreciate the wonderful things that you do. Here comes Shabbos, Shabbos, Shabbos.
1: So the beggar and the billionaire have each got a place by the same candlelight. And and, and that's one of the things I love is going to shul and seeing people sitting next to each other for 30 years. One of them, one of them's, you know, got the Range Rover and the other guy's taking buses and they've been, they've been sitting together forever. And our closest friends and, and no one, no one really cares. You know, it is so irrelevant. We have, we have, now I understand today there's a lot more gosh And I know there's a lot of Colo guys who in my eyes are heroes, but they walk around like nebas amongst the, uh, you know, all the fancy cars coming down 13th Avenue, but the, um, the things are a little bit polarized, but not that polarized because our shuls just put us all into one big lump. You know, when we show up in shul, we're just, we're just all together and there's a real, a real beautiful unity there. Okay. Let's start diving deep. Here we go. Now, um, the first, the first thing that we want to look at. Oh, and we we're going to be taking an angle of possible you this entire time. So we we want to be looking at things from a possible you perspective. And what that what that means for us is, and here, oh, I forgot to mention, is a sixth thing that which is which is not a halachic issue, but that is costumes. Costumes obviously are a massive part of. Um, of Purim. And and for the Paspu graduate, which is almost everyone in this group, to go very deep together is to realize that that we have been in costume all this time. We ourselves are living in costume because in how we know ourselves to be our entire personality is really built of survival strategies. Now, once we got clean inside and there's no more inner negative belief driving it. Okay. So now you can have, now you can have your, your, your all all that personality just without the, without it being driven by, by garbage, you know, inner negative belief stuff that that was driving that personality but have you ever met anyone who got away from their personality do you still hear the california in my voice and i'm leading the possible you you understand like i i can't stop being cool if i even try to stop being cool i just sound cool by accident because my whole upbringing was was this voice it was this style and and it's my personality but it's free it's free now i'm choosing to 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 I'm choosing the, per, not choosing the personality because the personality grew on me, but that personality is no longer something that I have to be doing. It's something that I I choose and, and I embrace, but it is, it is originally a mask. Originally, it was a mask. And so for all of us, we, um, well, you know, I want to share with you a story. I'm also going to pull out my guitar a little bit and share with you some super authentic, like really old poem songs that we do in, in Pince Carline that are a couple hundred years old that I consider to this day the best poem songs that are, exist, but unfortunately nobody knows about them. Um, one of them happens to be on Gheilich Frank's. Yeah, anyone can download this. Um, it's on Helik Frank's. A second Purim volume. Helik Frank's one of the best clarinet players in in this generation, and he uh, he has a his second volume is actually our Shul's songs, most of them. It's called uh, uh, it's called the Purim two or Purim second volume, and within the caption it says Carlene Avrami. Uh, did you see that? Uh, my son's a clarinet player. Did you see that Helik Frank came out with a second Purim uh, yeah. album? Yeah, and it's the Carlina Nagunim. No way! This year? Um, what's that? You this really year, out? yeah, yeah, it's out. I'll give you a. I'll give you a little taste.
0: Maybe post the link on the
1: Zoom. Yeah, we could post a link. Um, maybe you can post it for me. I don't know if I, I could. Um, the link. Well, you can just go on any mu- music. Uh, Rumi,
0: show us the baby.
1: Show us
2: the baby. <laughs> hey. hey. So I can't did. see. Wait, talk. I can't see. Okay, so I like, put oh, something over me, so your
1: picture comes. Oh, I forgot it's to a, make my screen the main no, screen. No, a few. Like, oh, okay. oh, so where do, like I do, like do I see over like
0: like,
1: You guys are my highlighted, by the way. I
0: think she has like black lipstick, and she looks very serious. No.
1: Uh-huh. no you no, are for me. Do it now. I am spotlight for everyone. There we go. Hi, everyone.
0: Jenna or takeaway thing.
1: Okay. Alright, um, so yeah I'll get this music playing for y'all um, Where's my playlist? I wonder if I can share my playlist with everyone That would be something, but it's on Apple Music Okay, here we go
0: Quorum 2 And here's his new album Let's uh, see Almost there. This is weird. Where is it? (laughs) Rummy, Rummy, you getting all these songs?
1: Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Oh, you found it? Who is that? Who's doing that? Is that, is, that, is that, go to the next track. It's all right, it's all right. It's all right. What? It's all right. I'm going to play you guys a track. You know what? Maybe I
0: just got to pull out my guitar right now. Here we go. So one year,
1: Harleen's famous for playing one song for a long time. And um, one year they played, one year they played, I mean, again, I was wasted. So I can't tell you if it's true what I'm about to say. But but one year they played, um, one of these, three of these main songs, they played one for two hours, the second one for two hours, and the third one for two hours. Meaning... Meaning, it, they just kept going and going and going. And you might think that it'd be boring to, uh, you might think it would be boring to be in a, you know, hear one song for two hours, but I'm telling you, every time they played it, it got better. And the dancing just got crazier.
0: Let me just tune up real quick. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Okay, here we go. All right, so I'm sad
1: if Remy doesn't have his drum for this, but what can we do? Normally, we're playing this together. Okay. Here
3: we go. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm bye bye a pa I'm pa I'm pa pa pa
0: by,
3: pa 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 I'm fine, I can not die. die, die. I didn't die, I didn't die. I didn't die, I did I didn't die, die. die, I didn't die, I didn't die. I did I didn't die, I did I didn't die, I didn't die, I didn't I didn't die, I didn't die, I didn't die. I didn't die, I didn't die, I did I didn't die, he a bit of my, my, You guys get the picture?
1: Now, you just got to imagine about 800 drunken men dancing. I'm not sure what's going on in the women's section, but I think they are just kind of calling hot every once in a while when someone uh, passes out. That's Uh, song number one. Here goes song number two.
0: It goes like this.
1: Uh, someone needs to mute their phone. Don't know who that is. I can mute everybody. Mute all. mute all. Okay, here we go. This one's, I remember it from the first three notes, which are one, six, and five. One, six, five. Here it goes. By the way, you got to imagine while I'm playing this song that it's Mordechai and Esther and all the Jewish people walking through Shushan Abira you know, in a giant parade. So they're
3: just kind of like... And
1: they're coming down the street of Shushan celebrating the victory. So it goes like
3: this. (laughs) (laughs) I need to know, I'm I'm in the plump my I'm going I'm in the plump my pie, i ay going I'm in the plump my pie, yo, 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 he I'm in a bum I'm in a bum Hey, I'm in a bum I'm in a bum. Hey, I'm in a bum bum time. i Hey, I'm in a bum I'm in a bum. Hey, I'm in a bum I'm in I'm in a funk, but but I am in a I am in a I I'm a I I'm in a I I'm in a I am in a I I I I I I I I I I I
1: Just kidding. So um, I wasn't going to do that again. Are you guys enjoying this, by the way? You're getting like hundreds of year old songs here that were in the Shtetl of Europe in uh russia area um in uh areas of karlin pinsk those areas stolen and um these songs made it through and they're they're just incredible poem songs i'll do uh last one this is the one khilik frank did but um i couldn't seem to find it on my phone for some reason y'all ready here we go it's going to sound similar but uh it's not that
3: similar. Um, I am a fine <Sings> young man, I am a man. I am a man. You are you die. I 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 Oh, I blew it. I went to the second song. Oops. Oh, man.
1: I think I did it again. Oh yeah. Nah, I'm getting lost. Guys, we're done with the guitar part. Now let's go deep. Just want to share with you a quick story. The, the At a wedding in Satmir, the Badchan, who was, you know, singing and telling jokes at the end of the wedding late at night, the Sat Menrov, the, the, the the Rebbe, was um, sitting there. I think a lot of you probably know this story, but no Badchan had ever mimicked the Rebbe, meaning no one had the courage to mimic the Rebbe, but this great Badchan named Rav Miller um, went to the Rebbe and asked permission. The Rebbe was very old, and he asked permission, can I please mimic you for, you know, everyone's entertainment, and the Rebbe granted him permission, and he did an amazing job of uh imitating the Satmi Rebbe and when he had finished performing he looks over at the Rebbe and the Rebbe was crying and he was like he turned white I made the Rebbe cry like how could I do that he runs over to the Rebbe he says Rebbe I'm so sorry I'm so sorry what did I do and he's why is the Rebbe crying and the Rebbe said you know i was watching you imitate me so
0: well and i started to realize that maybe i'm imitating myself and how many of us are how many of us are imitating ourselves meaning how many of us are on a some kind of a loop of who we are and Torah is asking us to, to renew and renew again, and always be,
1: always be, generating from the neshama, from your highest, highest self. Now you you got a personality that you developed over the years. You got the beautiful child in you that that shines his light or her light. Okay, that's that's fine, but but we have to be always generating from soul.
0: Now the
1: Let's. I want, I want to go in a little bit about the
0: um, about the
1: what we're really what is this big download of of Purim and why is it the holiest day of the year? Purim is, and again the and it's considered even higher than Yom Kippur. So Yom Kippur is known for its solemnness, its reverence, its yira. Um, it's the fear of God, it's the structure of Judaism. Purim is not about, it's not about reverence, it's not about um, um, respect, but Purim is about intimacy. Respect and intimacy are on two sides of a, a, and and respect and intimacy are two very separate things, but they need to be together. The, the, High holidays represent the respect of God as a king. And Purim represents the intimacy of God who's within the actual story. You know, God's hidden throughout the Megillah. But he is the the secret king within everything. He's the Melech HaOlam. The word HaOlam means hidden. He's the hidden king. Because God is hidden inside of everything. This entire creation is telling a story. We are part of a Purim story. The Jews are in the middle of a Purim story. And especially considering most of you, I see daylight out a lot of your windows or shining into the rooms you're in. Most of you are Jews in exile at the king's party, at Ahasuerus' party. and, and it's And we're just kind of I mean I understand that most of you would never go to Ahashvarasha's party, but 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 some people are are quite at Achashvarish's party and and where we need to, you know, really pray for, for God's mercy for all the Jewish people that we should have we should have redemption. And the so the secret behind this approach is is the letting go of of our normal mode of sanity let me give you a muscle like this let's imagine that you you imagine you go to a movie theater and and you go with a friend and the movie is about a kid who becomes orphaned and this, and right now on the screen, way up in front of is a big screen, and you see the boy's crying. He's been orphaned. And imagine you went with a friend, and the friend next to you says he starts tapping you on the arm and says, what "What's going to be with the boy?" And you're like, "Well, let the movie play out. You know, we'll see what happens." And he's like, "No, no," meaning who's going to hold the boy? And are like, "Well, we'll see. Probably nobody at the beginning. You know, they're trying to pull on our heartstrings." And then your friend's like, "No, no, really, someone's got to hold that boy." Like hear you but it's a movie okay relax and he's like who's gonna hold the boy and now people are starting to like people sitting around you in the theater are like what's going on over there and the guy's like who's gonna hold that boy someone's gotta hold the boy and you're like Shh. oh people are like be quiet finally it's like someone's gotta hold the boy and your your friend jumps out of his seat and goes running up to the screen and
0: bam right in the nose as he goes to grab the boy off the screen. Now, that would never happen to any of us because the screen is two-dimensional. We would never get tricked into such a thing. But we do get tricked into the three dimensions of this world. We're living in a three-dimensional world,
1: and boy, do we get tricked into it. Boy, do we lose perspective
0: that all there is is God, and God is the hidden king inside of this whole whole system. It's easy to get tricked into this
1: world. If you walked out of your home today, and you you left your home, and right as you walked outside the door, you hear someone screaming as they come to your from your right, and you see. You're not at your at your street. You're you're on an Egyptian. You're at a, an Egypt market, and someone with a big pushcart's coming flying by, and so you jump back into your house backwards, and you land in a giant spiral slide, and the slide starts spinning deeper and deeper into the earth, till it's like you're going through the earth, and then you pop out in in China in a rice paddy in the middle of a monsoon. Uh, would you guys say you lost it at that point would you say you lost it yeah and well guess what that means that you have been using the physical world to to as the determine what determines your sanity meaning you're you're using the physical world as your basis of sanity <laughs> i don't blame mom, you, by the the way, i'm you. doing this by the way i'm not uh pointing fingers here i i'm also doing that
0: I think- yeah And
1: your gain up a little bit. Got Got it. You've been using the physical world as the source of sanity. That's not the source of our sanity. And think about it. What happens when you have a drink? What happens when you have two drinks? What happens when you have three drinks? What happens when you have four or five? what hap- i can tell you what happens <laughs> you get drunk but what happens is that as the wine goes in you're no longer able to base your sanity on the physical world you you lose that grip the the physical world is no longer the source of sanity so what is your source of sanity now that you've lost the 3d physical world as your source for sanity what then will be your source of sanity and the answer is that well all that's left is is Hashem Hashem is my source of sanity he's the source of my reality and that you could say maybe do it any day but here it has to be the whole nation now, there are two mitzvahs that happen when you're unconscious. When I say unconscious, I don't mean get unconscious, but drunk. There's two mitzvahs that happen when you're unconscious. One is when you sleep in the sukkah. It's brought down in Kabbalah that the, one of the big downloads of the joy of sukkah takes place while you're asleep in the sukkah. You have to be unconscious. That's, that's our mitzvah to sleep in the sukkah. Is brought down in Kabbalah's form that the sleeping, when you're behesachadas, meaning you're you're not... In that normal uh, mode, you get the download of Simcha, of Sukkot.
0: And the other, Purim. Purim, the download of Purim happens when you finally let go.
1: When things get so, it's just so crazy, the partying gets so crazy. And, And I understand that a lot of you are stuck in situations where where you can't be with people partying quite that hard, and that's why, um, that's why it's only it's amazing that, that if you're Hasidic, you get to go to shul after those parties because people have little kids and people have to be, you know. Even this year, I usually have the party, and this year I'm going to be at my daughter's house because all my marrieds have these like little kids. They want to have a psudo. They want the, the zadie there. You know, if we have it at my house, it's going to be like a million drunken revellers coming through, you know, and my, my kids, my grandkids are just trying to not get trampled by the people. But I told my daughter who's hosting us, I said, listen, I will stay as long as I can, (laughs) but eventually I'm going to be, you know, there's going to be a point where I just can't stay anymore. And I am just going to jump on a train and head to Nachlaot where I live. And the party here will be completely insane and knock uh, low parties for like 24 hours straight um thousands and thousands of people meaning we're talking tens of thousands of people parading around the streets it, um if they're <clears throat> if they're from they're completely drunk if they're secular they're almost everyone is on psychedelics in the, of the secular people partying and i would say of the people parading on the streets i would say about of them are secular in full costume and completely out of their minds at the, in, you know, partying together and with, with stereo systems coming out from like balconies and stuff. And I mean, it, it is such a scene and that's going to be going on all Tuesday night, all Wednesday day into the night. My, you know, when my actual perm party is my perm party is what happens is everyone parties. Then they go to shul and party for a while until around 11. So I'll be in my shul and Karlin at around 11. When the Rebbe decides it's time to bench and finish Purim and Dumariv, then all that's when my party starts. My party is actually called for the night after Purim where everyone who refuses to bench and let it go, my party starts around eleven thirty at night and it goes till about three thirty, four in the morning or sometimes till sunrise, where we just go all over again with a band and my we have a band, we have, you know, food and, and another large amount of uh of uh of wine and the party just keeps going at my house. So basically we're gonna wash for the meal at around one PM and we're gonna bench the meal at around 3 4 in the morning meaning we're talking about a 12 hour or 14 hour experience of purim and uh it's not too late to fly here by the way if you'd like to be part of that um you certainly uh you certainly if you're not if you don't come this year you can come next year but it's definitely worth coming um i have many people who've flown in
0: over the years just to be part of our party there um There was once a king who, oh, we've got to get the,
1: I'm not going to do meditation music. It's not that kind of king story. There was once a king who was, um, he was desperate to be with the people. He really wanted to be with the people. And he couldn't because, you know, he's clearly recognizable. Anytime he's going to be with the people, they're going to see him and and, you know, and all of a sudden honor him. And he just can't be one of the commoners. You're either the king or you're the commoner. But you can't be the commoner if you're the king. So the king was desperate and very lonely for his people. Here He was a benevolent king to the people, loved the people, and wanted to be amongst them. So he finally came up with an idea. His advisor came up with the idea that that he would get a professional makeup artist and be made up as a commoner and be put in a costume of a commoner. And then the king could, um, could then finally go to at least his own party. And, you know, the king doesn't show up at the beginning of the party. Late in the party, the king comes out. They blow the trumpets. You know, everyone bows and long live the king. And uh, so the king, uh, dressed as a commoner, went to the party. And he um, was quite excited to be, <clears throat> excuse me, quite excited to be with all the people. That's uh, my, by the way, my wife's going to be giving a women's shear as soon as I finish this one, so so we're going to kick all the men off the shear. I don't know a few more minutes. Right now it's oh, you want me to close
0: them in? Sure, no problem. Anyway, the um.
1: So the the king can comes to the party and he's he's milling around and he decides hey I'll go get some wine so he goes to the bar. And at the bar are are all these people, you know, really drunk and one of them's really loud and and he's what he's doing is making fun of the king. He's saying the king's such a fool. Here we are freeloading all this wine as usual and parting away and the king's a buffoon, you know, he's a you know, who needs them? You know, that, that King, I should have been King. And anyway, he's just so boisterous and so excited as he, as all the others are cheering L'chaim as he makes fun of the King, Uh, the King's right next to him. So he puts his arm around the King, you know, and he's just like, right. The King's an idiot. And, and, uh, and the King's just like, Oh my gosh. So the King finally can't take it anymore by the wine. So he decides to go over to the, uh, to the food, to the hors d'oeuvres. So he comes over to the hors d'oeuvre table and he sees uh, sees another guy over there. What's this guy doing? He's taking whole beautiful trays of, you know, finger food and sliding them into his pockets with the tray. <laughs> and the king like, he's like I, I understand if you're taking some food, but why the trays? I have like, oh, the king. Well, the king's never going to know. He's never going to be missing a tray. He's like, you're stealing. He's like, ah. Don't worry about it, anyway, so it just keeps going like this. The king's trying to enjoy the party, but he he can't so anyway the king the king is uh he's getting more and more frustrated he's getting more and more upset, and then you know finally he gets tapped on the shoulder by one of the advisors, and he says um king it's it's time for you to greet your guests." and the king's like looks down he's so sad and he's like okay and and the uh and the you know the advisor leads him back to the you know to the kingdom and there he's they take the makeup off of him and take off the commoner's outfit and they put him in the royal garments put the crown back on his head and he is just so upset and they finally you know the trumpets play please bow before the king and the king comes out and everyone bows down and, and the guy from the bar comes up on one knee and yells
3: long live the king
1: and everyone yells long
3: live the king
1: the king
0: is is
1: we're inside the king's kingdom this world is the king's garments these are the levushim the, the garments of the king our whole life our whole reality is all is all with the king
0: the king's here he's always with us and he's hidden throughout the megillah
1: in all these coincidental things happening because everything looks like chance and so too in our lives we we're walking around in this you know we have to do our best not to like you know leave something unlocked or or forget to pay some things so we don't get uh, fined or you know we're, we're like or you know make sure you uh you, you put money in the meter you know we we've got to deal with all these details in a physical world but really, all of this, all of this, is the garments of the king. This is all made in the garments of the king. And Purim is the ultimate expression on a weekday. It's got to be a weekday. It's got to be whole. It's got to be the mundane, where God's hidden. God's not hidden on Shabbos. He's not hidden on Yom God's hidden on the on the on the weekdays when we're when we're you know busy with our regular lives and we have to have a Purim, we have to have it on a weekday, we have to be dealing with, with money and to know that money is is just, is just a, a mushal, money is just a, 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 um, an illusion really and we have to let it go, we have to open up and let it go and let it go and just keep letting it go to any, anyone who asks, we just got to let it go. And that—that's one of the—that money is the epicent— one of the epicenters. There's two major epicenters. The uh, meaning there's two central aspects of human life. One is survival, and the other is reproduction. And we have the bris milah for for reproduction, which is the covenant with God, and we have survival is our money. And when we're recognizing when we're getting in touch with God being the the source, the reality of all things. So we have to let go. We gotta let go of that money. And we gotta let go of our our tainas on people and our our um let go of our our resentments of people and send them a gift, send them some food, send them some enjoyment. And we have to look the poor man in the eye and say that you are me and I am you. And we have to release we have to release our our basing our sanity on on, on uh physicality and the wine helps us loosen our grip and loosen our grip until we can laugh at ourselves and I'll finish with a story um, I feel like I might have told it recently. But I don't think I told it to you guys. Um, did I do a Zoom call recently?
0: Did I do one of these Zooms recently? Um, I feel like I did one. Uh, Shai, you still with us? Giving back the school years. Yeah,
1: yeah. Did I talk about the uh, my students trying to bring me uh, someone to Makariv at the hotel? Did I talk about that? I don't think so. I don't think I did. Anyway, so what happened was I, I was praying at the hotel Friday night. So my students saw me there and I don't go there very often. And they were so excited that I was um, there and they decided that they were going to go find a secular Jew for me to, you know, turn on to Judaism because like, wanted to like see it in action you know like what a difference I would make for for someone so they combed the Kotel for secular Jews they finally found one most of them were with other people so they found one who was alone and they bring me this guy and they put him in front of me and and they're all like here we got someone for you to talk to Rabbi and I look at this guy and I, I and then I look at my students and I say you brought me a Mormon and my students were shocked and they look at the guy. They say, "You're a Mormon." He says, "Yeah, I'm a Mormon." And then the Mormon guy looks at me. You know, he's like a was he like twenty year old guy. He says, "How did you know?" And I looked at him and I said, "I can tell you've you've never had a sip of alcohol in your whole life." And <laughs> he's like, he looked like he was kind of proud of himself. You know, Mormons aren't allowed any intoxicant, even coffee. By the way, you know why Mormons aren't allowed coffee?
0: Because they might wake up. Just kidding. That wasn't very nice. So the, um, anyway, the,
1: so, so I said, I see you never had a, you never had a drop of alcohol your whole life. And he says, he says, isn't that a good thing? And I said to
0: him, I don't trust people who don't drink alcohol. And he says, well, why not? And he's, and I said, because they don't know how to laugh at themselves. They take themselves too damn seriously. You may have noticed during the possible you that we were playing with your your identity in a major way. Possible you is really poor in a way. It's 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 playing with your identity. Maybe you're mimicking yourself.
1: Maybe you're caught up in some in some gerbil wheel persona that you've been putting forward that's exhausting you what is the mask you're wearing and who are you throughout the seminar we keep saying who are you who are you and you know my holy wife you know what she
0: said she says you know how you spell who hey vav aleph who are you meaning we're all neshamas we're part of, we're part of god who meaning god he
1: he, the creator of the universe, that's who you are. Hashem has put his consciousness inside of you. And, and that's who you are. And everything else is just a Purim costume. We're all mimicking ourselves. We're all just in Purim. You know? And Purim's our chance to finally just shine. In, I don't know if it's like this in America. Chaimair, just give me a thumbs up or not. If people let their beards down, people who fold their beards up, let them down on um, Purim in their shoals. Do they do that? Yeah. I had a feeling that that was just a natural thing that has to happen on um, Purim. But there are men that you have no idea their beards look more like mine. And then comes Purim and their beards like below their waist. You know, they just they're not they're not hiding anymore. Uh, when I meet clean shaven men, I I tell them like I say to him sometimes, why don't you have a beard? And he's like, <laughs> I beg your pardon, Rabbi. You know, you're actually gonna hassle me about not having a beard. I said, Well, how am I supposed to know what you look like? He says, What do you mean? I shaved off my beard. This is what I look like. And I'm like, Do you know what a beard's called in the Torah? The beard is called the Khatimat Zakan. It's called the stamp. The word chatimah, chassimas zokan. Is the the stamp? Every hair follicle on your face is God's stamp for you. Even identical twins that can have everything identical. They will not have the same beards exactly. The it's God's stamp, and and it goes deeper, everybody. Because not only so that beard grown out fully and presented fully, not folded up, presented fully is who you who God set you up to be. That. The meaning to be how you would interact with others, such that that's would be how they know you. Such that they now remember in the possible you remember being self-generated versus others-generated. So so much of who we are was generated by others, and so how people interact with you is is very important to your own personal development. So if your beard isn't the actual beard that God gave you in its fullness so then people are so then you don't even know who you are because people have been interacting with you based on how you've been presenting and they haven't even seen your your truth the true face that God gave you they've never met it the act, your actual face which means you yourself don't even know who you are because you so much of you became who you are based on how others see you and they've been seeing you with an adulterated face. So, so who are you?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and this is why I don't let my children wear sunglasses when they're young. Uh, meaning around the streets. Sometimes, you know, a kid wants to be a smart aleck and start wearing sunglasses in the summer, going to and fro. I don't let them wear them. I say, you don't know yourself well enough because once you wear sunglasses, no one really relates to you anymore. The second you put on sunglasses, the second you hide your eyes, no one relates to you. Well, well okay, fine. If you're a fully developed character, do, they, you, do you really need everyone to relate to? Not that much. But if you're a kid
0: developing his character, you need people relating to so that you can relate to yourself.
1: When the wine goes in, the secrets come out. The wine, Gematria 70, Yayin is Yud and Yud, like God's name begins with a Yud, and it's pronounced with Adne, adne, which ends with a Yud. And then the Nun is the Nunshari Bina, the 50 gates of Kedusha. And when the wine goes in, the secrets come out. Secrets in Hebrew is sowed. So it's Vav 70. What's the secret? The secret is that the king's with us, the king's inside all of us. All there is is Hashem, There's nothing else. That's the secret. It could be that the Jews earn their redemption every year on Purim, even before the redemption. We earn it by losing ourselves once a year. I mean, think about what did destroy the first temple if not the egos of the Jews? What did destroy the second temple if not the ego of the Jews? The individual ego, the national ego. Could it be that Purim's actually keeping us alive right now? Because we, we lose our ego on Purim. Everyone just loses it. There's no ego on Purim. You can even go in an outfit where people don't even know who you are the whole day. Some people go like that. No one has any idea who they are the whole uh, 24 hours. You just, no one even knows who you are while you're interacting and partying. And is this, could it be that we can laugh at our, that are laughing at ourselves, that are our releasing our, our, the, our s- basis of sanity on the physical. Could it be our releasing of our own personal ego? That letting go is
0: what's keeping us alive. Because our worst destructions were ego based, Hashem
1: always juxtapose sadik um, and Russia right the righteous and the evil, and humble with arrogant.
0: it even interchanges sometimes and yavis that
1: that hashem. Hashem supports the, the humble and the wicked. He, he messes up their their way. So what do you mean humble and wicked? Shouldn't it be humble and arrogant? Shouldn't it be or wicked and, and righteous? Why does he mix it up? Because they're interchangeable. Think about it. Every time you sin, every time you do anything wrong, it's only because you took God's crown off his head and put it on your own. It's arrogance. All sin is arrogance.
0: If you've ever done the wrong thing, it was always because you put the crown on your head. You took it off of God's. So you put it on your own. And when you're
1: humble, the tzaddik's humble because he, when he, when he has that yitzhahar, he says to himself, well, God's running the world, right, Chava? Yeah, God's running the show. When you humble yourself, when you humble yourself, you do the right things, you know, and." And Purim is the great leveler, man. It, it levels us out. It just—it steamrolls you. you. You get steamrolled on Purim. In Jerusalem, people come back like battered and bruised. You also, whoever's supposed to punch you all year, I think you—I think they find you on Purim. Meaning, if you were meant to be punched this year, or elbowed in the ribs, or knocked down, or some other crazy thing happened to you, oh my gosh, doesn't happen on Purim. You see crazy stuff in Jerusalem. You see people going through crazy stuff, you know, like whole like hysterical things and like ambulances and like, and it's all like, but the party's still going, the music's still playing. And it's like, everyone's getting their tea Everyone's
0: getting what they need to get on for them. But it happens when you let go. It all happens when you let go, when you, when you give it up,
1: when you release, that's when it all happens. You finally let go. Okay. I'm going to take some questions and then I'm um, going to bring my wife in and we're going to cut them men out of this whole thing. Um, you can ask me anything too, but, uh, but certainly if uh, it should be, I think it should be perm based, but it doesn't have to be. Okay. Um, I, uh, let's hit, let's hit it. Yeah. Go ahead. Yakov. Yakov gets yeah. two questions.
2: Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I have a question about with the beard. So, I mean, I have a beard obviously, but I trim it. I shape it. I, you know, I do all that. Oh, don't That's, you put in beard? Uh, what is that beard stuff? Um, Cremo. I put in Cremo. Well, I, I, I have beard wash for the shower and beard conditioner. And then I have Cremo um, and a beard brush to <laughs> uh, keep it good. You take your but, beard
1: seriously, bro, but you yeah. do trim it. You're saying.
2: Yeah. So I'm not, I mean, I've been letting the, front of it grow out i decided i wanted to do that yeah. but um i mean is it authentic or is it not i mean does it have to be my beard if i if i don't shave my beard grows till here
1: oh that's your face so let me tell you what you do Yaakov. um uh, what you do Yaakov, in the future is um is at around two bishvat, a month before purim don't touch your beard. Meaning don't touch it with cutters or anything. So that the the real werewolf comes out on Purim. You need your werewolf to show up on Purim. Okay. And um, if it doesn't grow out enough, so then you can start a week earlier next year. The next year, or start a week earlier, whatever. Get that, try to find that werewolf in you that's fur all the way up to your eyes, you know? Okay. All right. Thank you. At least try it one year. Try it one year. <laughs>
2: I don't know if my wife is going to say okay to that, but I'll try. <laughs> Thank you, David. Ag- Ag-
1: Thank you, David Agmon, that you love the music. I loved playing it. Um, so I can take another question or two before my wife comes on. No, no, you're coming on right now. I'm oh, Nahumi's coming for dinner? All right. Okay, so my wife's going to come on and teach. Um, um, Leah, there's two options here. I'm, I'm asking all the men to leave, but they, in case some don't, you wouldn't want to do that, right? This is- women's Torah. Okay. Okay. So, um, so what I'm going to ask everyone, first of all, I'm going to wish everyone a great, great, great. You're welcome. I would say a great Yontif, but the, uh, but our sages, it's funny. It's the only holiday that it says it's a Yontif and no one says good Yontif. While all the other holidays don't say Yontif and we all say good Yontif, but it turns out that the rabbis Made it. It was so holy that they thought maybe they were supposed to make it into a yont of that. You can't do all the you know malacha the work, and they but they of course nixed that idea. Um,
0: can, I have qu- so, can I ask a question?
2: Or?
1: Uh, ask my wife. My wife knows a lot more. than My I'm married to a, a rabbi, basically. Um,
2: I, I could ask. Yeah. Will you post the recordings of of all these Zoom meetings?
1: So the some of them we post, some we don't. But the uh, this one. Um, Shai, where do you want to post this one?
0: Uh, time would be very good for me. Oh, can. yeah, I
1: forgot time. Shai, send uh, this one and the one before to tour anytime. Um Okay, I'm cutting out. Men, you're out of here. Ladies, introducing Rabbits and Glaze. A good yont of everybody. Good Torah. I love everybody.
0: Bye-bye. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by Torahanytime.com.